All right, coming your way live from Malawi's here in the shops at Riverwoods in Provo. Welcome to another edition of BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. I'm Greg Rubel with the head coach of the Cougars, Dave Rose. BYU fans here at Malawi's until the top of the next hour. Good to have you all with us as BYU gets ready for a big week, maybe a defining week for this team as they hit the road uh, for two big games at uh, Pepperdine and San Francisco. So with those two big ga road games on tap, Dave, we've got to start with Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> did you watch the game Sunday? Where did you watch it? And uh, what did you think as that game was uh, uh, progressing? Yeah, I did watch the game. And I, I you know, I, I think that uh, like everybody who watched the game, you just thought it was going to be another one of those Super Bowl blowouts, you know, as it got going. And uh, and then they, uh, you know, they scored. And as soon as it just seemed like, as soon as they got the sack and recovered that that football, that you started adding up all the ways that the Patriots could actually win the game, and uh, amazing! It was almost like this is the this is exactly how it has to happen, and that's exactly how it happened. It was uh, quite a comeback, and uh, you got to just feel so bad for those Atlanta coaches and the players and the fans, and I mean, you uh, it's an attacking team, and it's a team that kept attacking, and that, that's what they felt like was. Um, you know they weren't ever going to kind of just sit on it and try to try to win the game, and it really kind of cost them in the end. Tim Lacombe from your staff was supposed to be uh, on the show tonight, but then uh, he 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 took sick. He's under the weather, uh, but he was actually in the stadium on Sunday at the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, he's a Cal Vanori guy and hooked on with some of their supporters, and uh, uh, so he was there, and and you know really happy for Kyle. Obviously, I mean what a. What a year he's had as far as where he started and then, then he, you know, he gets traded and then, you know, his whole, uh, um, you know, assignments, jobs, you know, it just changes everything. And he, he's a, the main player in the, uh, their system and then they just keep winning. And uh, you, you figure that, uh, you know, for a rookie, second-year guy, third-year guy, um, you don't think about it much, but when you start thinking about how much you make for the playoff wins and then <laughs> for the Super up. Bowl win, it's a good year for Kyle. It's great to get another BYU Cougar with a Super Bowl ring. There's been a lot of them, by the way. I think Kyle's the uh, 22nd. Really? I think 21st or 22nd player uh, to win a Super Bowl from BYU, and there have been a couple coaches as well that have done it, and a bunch of guys have played in it. In fact, I went through this since 1975 until now. It's never been longer than a four-year gap that a BYU guy plays in the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah, over the decades. And so yeah. they, they tend, tend to have someone play in that big game pretty frequently. Well, it, it's, you know, obviously the tradition of our football program over the years is uh, um, probably the biggest key to that. But the fact that you get drafted by teams and you end up in those organizations who are playing in the Super Bowl, that's, that's a pretty impressive uh, – you either have a lot of guys that are out there doing it or the, 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 you get – the few guys get really lucky. That's for sure. Did Did your team win, by the way, or did you carry either way? Well, I, I yeah, I picked uh, the the only prediction I made was on BYU TV the the uh, Saturday um, interview before the game, right after our shoot around, and they asked me who was going to win, and I did say the Patriots. I think that's the first time in like 13 years that I actually picked the team that actually won it, and. Uh, Going into the third quarter, it didn't look that good. No. But uh, it actually played out. I did notice that uh, the guys on the set, I think they had six or seven of them, and one guy picked the Falcons and all the rest of them on Fox. And all the rest of them picked the Patriots, and they were all looking like they were, you know, <laughs> going to fall apart. And I think the one guy who picked uh, um, the, the, the Falcons was um, 
Mike, uh, Michael Strahan. Yeah, Michael Strahan. Yeah, and uh, and he's the one that had to march the trophy down the right. aisle. Yeah, at the he end was the one that had to have all the Patriots <laughs> kiss it. So I was, I was wondering if they knew maybe one of those guys would have jumped yeah. out there and tackled him or something. You know? <laughs> well, uh, I, I I'm a Belichick guy. I think he's a, just a phenomenal coach, and I love the way he goes about his business. And Brady guy as well. So I guess my team did win it as well. So first things first, Super Bowl. Uh, next thing I think we have to do is uh, congratulate Coach Rose again on career win number 300, <laughs> which came on Saturday. And uh, we spare no expense. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. All it took was 300 wins to get yourself a gigantic cookie. Yeah, gigantic cookie. Thank yeah. you very much. I think there's more frosting than cookie involved yeah. there. But uh, either way, that's for you. Uh, take it home and, and have your family do some damage on that. I'm, but, I'm, I'm uh, sure my grandkids would love uh, the frosting, and then I'll eat the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked enough about it uh, in the weeks leading up to it, and so we will stop talking about it at some point here. But man alive, uh, you know, people who follow me on Twitter know that I've broken it down every which way in terms of where this actually stands, Dave Rose, historically. And without going through all of that again, it's a hard thing to do to win 300, but Dave would tell you it's a hard thing to win one. It's a hard thing to win one. but And, and to win 300... You have to win one, and and then a lot of ones, and that that's I think the the thing that over the last couple of days you start to think of you know I've had a lot of people that have uh, sent me well wishes, and I thank all those people who have sent me emails and and text and uh, you know congratulated us on this you know and and then you start to think about it and and it, there's so many people I mean my goodness uh, probably had 25 or 30 players who have played for us that. Uh, you know, sent a text and and uh, or had a phone call, and uh, all all those guys are involved. Coaches, probably five or six different coaches who have been through here uh, one time or another, and um, it, it it reaches. Uh, you know, it's pretty broad the reach of of, of who's been involved in uh, in this, and it, and it doesn't seem like. I mean, in some ways, you think of 12 years, and and uh, it doesn't seem like it's that long, but in in other ways, you think that uh, these kids that I'm coaching right now were about five or six years old when we started. That that seems like a long time ago. Yeah. So I probably have sent out a couple dozen tweets about the different historical facts related to 300, but a couple I tweeted out right after the game. I'll hit really quickly, and, and I hope people picked up on this. You know, I said all it takes to win 300 in 12 seasons is to just average 25 wins a year over 12 <laughs> seasons. That's what it really comes down to. Uh, to win 25 or more once is a big deal, but to average that over 12 years is phenomenal. That's incredibly hard to do, to have that level of success every year. And I said also, you really don't have, you can't have a down year anywhere in there. And, and you've never won fewer than 20. When I say you, it's you yeah. and your guys and your staffers. You've never won fewer than 20, and you're averaging around 25, 26, and you're playing in the, in the best tournaments you want to be in. Uh, it's a credit to you and the guys you've surrounded yourself with to really have this sustained period. And I really, really, really hope no one takes it for granted because this is a period of sustained success that we haven't seen at BYU ever, and it's happening under Dave Rose's leadership. And just all, all credit to you and, and your people. Well, thanks, Greg. I, I think that uh, the uh, there were a couple years there where we got 30 and 32. Right? That kind of helps us. You helps know? the average a bit, but still, you know. <laughs> and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to getting back to that point. Hopefully that will happen soon. Well, fantastic that uh, it comes when it did in front of the home fans. And it was really an interesting week for BYU. Two really good crowds and uh, a Gonzaga team that came in and looked really good on Thursday. And then you bounced back and really finished strongly against Pat Portland. We'll talk about that coming after the break as we continue. We're live at Malawi's here in the shops at Riverwoods for BYU basketball with Dave Rose here on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. That was last Thursday at a sold-out Marriott Center, BYU and Gonzaga. You could sense the crowd getting loud on that. Hey, welcome back 
to Malawi's for a fast, healthier, and family-friendly dining experience. Come to Malawi's Pizza and enjoy any of our gourmet pizzas, pastas, salads, and dessert pizzas. Located in Provo, where we do the show every week, Lehigh and Spanish Fork. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Peyton Dastrip is tonight's a player guest. He's coming up a little later on the program. Greg Rubel, Dave Rose, and BYU fans here at Malawi's and out there watching on Facebook Live, listening on KSL News Radio. And, Coach, we had a little play-by-play clip there from the Gonzaga game. The Zags come in, uh, beat you by 10. You bounce back and defeat Portland by 11 on the weekend. Maybe just kind of uh, um, take us back to the week and what it represented for your team, two very different challenges. And you saw one of the best teams in college basketball come into your place a week ago. Yeah, and I, I think that, uh, you know, when, when you think about a 10-point loss and 11-point win, the first thing that steps, sits out is that the 11-point win against Portland is really deceiving because we were behind the majority of that game, and our guys did find a way to finish it off and win it, which uh, was a tremendous feat in that. And uh, uh, But the, the Gonzaga game on Thursday, I think the thing that sticks out to me the most was – how ready um, the fans were in that gym. I mean, it was it was tremendous, and right from the very start. And um, you know, we didn't get off to the best start. We missed quite a few shots early, and they got off. Our our plan was to make them make shots from the perimeter uh, and not just get the ball right at the rim with those two big guys. And um, and they did make shots. They made six of the first ten threes. And and the the, the plan actually, as the game played on, uh, actually worked just how we thought it would they made one of their next 10 or 11 yeah. and and uh but the you know the, the the problem was that when we actually got started and got going we were down enough to where it was really hard to to come all the way back and actually try to get the win but uh i i, I there's two things one is i'm really excited about uh you know how how you know how the fans came to try to cheer those guys on and try to help us win that game but after a really disappointing loss, they showed up the next night. I mean, the, the Saturday night. It was a, a tremendous crowd on Saturday night with, with, with Portland. They were a little bit late arriving, but when they got there, they were loud and they were good. I guess it was kind of like our team. Our, our team was a little bit late arriving and actually uh, executing to actually win a game. But uh, uh, I, I feel for the guys because they, they, they put so much into the preparation and the effort, um, and we just weren't as effective as we needed to be especially early in the game and then they fought hard to try to hang on and come back and that just didn't work out I, I i can tell you this that there um there's some you know obviously some disappointment in this group but there's a lot of fight in this group left and hopefully we can see the results of that as we continue to play on here that gonzaga game featured uh, quite the second half duel uh, between two players who really began to carry their teams uh, tj haas and then nigel williams goss really put on a show between the two of those guys on on thursday yeah, and I think that we kind of got uh, we got Gonzaga in a place that they haven't been for a while, where they were really, uh, you know, what I really wanted to have happen, what I kept talking to the guys about all week long and in the game was to get late in that second half and get the lead. They just haven't experienced that. And, and uh, if we could get to that point, we got to cut the six, I think, once or twice, and um, then just a couple plays that got away from us and we didn't we weren't able to finish and and, and then Nigel got uh on a roll and actually kind of himself just took the team and said hey listen let's let's score here a few a few two or three times and uh and then it was hard to to, to kind of get back from that and I you know you can look at it at, at two different ways we we were having a really hard time guarding a man to man and so we went into a uh a kind of a, a 
a one-three-one zone. We, we were being really aggressive in trying to take the ball from them, uh, which left us in some um, compromising spots at time. And he was just really good at taking advantage of it. Well, Gonzaga then turned around without Nigel on the weekend, and then beat Santa Clara by by 35. Williams Goss was sitting out with, with an ankle injury. And BYU certainly played uh, Gonzaga any better than anyone has in the WCC. Uh, it's still double-digit margins in every game, but you've seen the 35 and the 40 and the 28 and the 32, and, and you had them to a two-possession game under five, right, at 76-70? Yeah. And, and just needed, you know, needed the right play on, on yeah. both ends of the floor. And, uh, and they were better than us at, at, at executing in those times. And I think our guys, you know, obviously will, can learn from that, but I also think that uh, – Hopefully it'll give us some confidence uh, because our road to the NCAA tournament is probably going to have to go right through those guys and and and, and beating them in a uh, you know in a championship contest or semifinal, however this works out. Okay, before we head to break, a couple of quick notes from our Facebook Live audience. So Eric Woodruff congratulating the coach on win 300. Dan Paxton says he's watching the show on the beaches of Maui. <laughs> Good for Dan. <laughs> Dan, I'm glad that's where you're watching it from. <laughs> If that, that actually makes me really happy. You might think it makes me jealous, but I, I know that in February I'm not going to be in Maui, and uh, so I'm glad somebody is. Dan says he's watching and, and loves the show, and, and Coach Rose, congrats on 300. Vaughn Smith, congrats, Coach. Thanks for all you do. Stephanie, congrats, Coach, on your milestone victory. And uh, Richard Lundgren says, uh, go Kooks, 300 is just the beginning. Here's to 300 more. Uh, <laughs> folks, thanks for tuning in yeah, on Facebook sure. Live tonight. Uh, before we do head to break, uh, we've got Peyton Dastrup coming up right after this uh, commercial intermission. Uh, Peyton Dastrup is somebody that uh, is uh, uh, working to get himself to a place you need him to be for this team to be really good. Uh, how would you say his season has gone, and what, what do you see heading down the stretch? Well, you know, most of Peyton's work this year uh, on our team and for our team has been, um, you know, in, in practice and in all our preparation. He's, he's uh I think he's really developed himself into being able to uh, become way more diversified as a player. He's got a great outside game, a good inside game. Um, I think this, you know, the, his size um, kind of allows him to be a better inside scorer. But he actually is really pretty good facing the basket. I think that uh, you know the uh, you know the upside for Peyton is is really good, and hopefully that uh, in the next couple weeks that we can we can work him into where he can start to really help us out on the floor during the game. All right, we'll bring on uh, Peyton Dastrup coming up right after this break. We're brought to you in part by Minky Couture, designer, luxury blankets. This is BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on the new skin Cougar, IMG Sports Network, KSL News Radio, and Facebook Live. Welcome back to Malawi's Pizza here in the shops at Riverwoods for BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. We're here on the new skin Cougar, IMG Sports Network, KSL News Radio, BYU Basketball's Facebook Live play page. And please welcome to the program for his first appearance as a BYU Cougar on the show, Peyton Dastrup, everybody. Peyton joining us for the first time. And Peyton is a, is a, a short-notice sub-in. Uh, Coach Tim Lacombe took ill, was supposed to be on the show tonight, and we went to somebody really reliable that could fill in in a pinch, and Peyton Dastrup uh, is coming in tonight and helping us out. So, Peyton, thanks for doing it. No problem. Glad to be here. We were just talking off the air. Uh, you are from Mesa, Arizona. And uh, there's someone else involved with the BYU basketball program who hails from Mesa as well. But Lee Kamard is not an alum of Mountain View, where you went to school. Tell us Lee Kamard's backstory and how you two have managed to get along. <laughs> right. So uh, I attended Mountain View High School, uh, home of the Toros. Lee attended at Mesa High School, home of the Jackrabbits. <laughs> and 
for people who, who know the high school rivalries, we don't get along very well on or off the court. But uh, you know, we man we've managed to be able to to just have a, a Mesa Arizona bond and not really rely on our our high school rivalry in the past to to create the relationship we have. He's he's been there for a lot of the guys to be able to help us continue to, to work off um, work on our game off the court when we're not in practice and it's been really nice to, to have someone as reliable as him to be able to get in the gym and, and be able to get shots up and do stuff like that. So, so you buried the high school hatchet. Yep, as much as as much as it hurts <laughs> to continue to not throw up the Gotoros to him. He, uh, are those the only two schools in Mesa? High schools in Mesa? A, there's a few others, but those are the, probably the most prominent when it comes Got to the powerhouses and, and exactly. everything else. Coach Dave Rose, uh, when uh, did uh, Peyton Dastrup first appear on your radar? Whoa, it was early. We uh, we had him in our camp. I think when he was going into his freshman year, or right around there, and he. Uh, we followed him ever since from there, and you know, he just continued to uh, improve and, and you know, carry his, his high school team. I, I think that that's interesting when you start talking about teammates from rival schools. I mean, we've had quite a few guys over the years from Timpview and Provo trying to figure out a way to, to play on the same team and, and make it work. But uh, uh, there's one thing about the bond of a team. There's uh, Once you get into the, the, your challenge and your specific uh, current you know, situation. I, I, it, it's amazing how guys can kind of drop some of those uh, those past issues and uh, and actually bond together and, and play together. You see it a lot now in professional sports with all the free agents and everything. These guys who have a history of hating each other, they get together and, and, and start playing together on a team, and it's amazing how close you can become to a guy that you thought you would never, ever be a friend of. Peyton, when did uh, BYU first pop up on your radar? Oh, I distinctly remember it, I was playing – JV as a freshman, um, we were playing Corona del Sol High School, and my JV game had just gotten over with, and Coach Lacombe was in the gym taking a look at uh, former walk-on Jaron Sweeney, yeah. and um, so we stuck around for the varsity game, seeing that it was a road game to go back with the, the varsity team back to the high school, and a couple people came up to me and were saying that there was a BYU coach in the house and stuff like that, and apparently he caught the end of the game, and... Um, I honestly didn't really think much of it. I mean, I was a freshman in high school, wasn't even 15, I mean, 15 years old, didn't really think think much of it. But um, a little bit after that, the first school that actually offered me was Utah State. And that was a couple weeks after the encounter with Coach Lacombe at Corona. And then short, shortly after that, BYU came a calling and... and yeah, well, that's why I'm here. Quite a few, quite a few after yeah, that. Yeah, quite a few others as well. As well. Exactly. We may get into that in the next segment. So uh, that was a freshman year, right? JJB, right. your sophomore season, you're playing varsity, right. and and at a school like Mountain View, that's a tough thing to do. You don't just crack the varsity as a sophomore at a school with that much tradition and uh, and stature. You had to be one of very few guys to do that. What was it like to make the varsity as a sophomore at Mountain View? Right. Well, I mean, it was it was it was a, a big blessing to be honest. Uh, Coach Ernst at, at at Mountain View was um, looking at me. Uh, I was I mean, football was my main sport to be honest. When what I did was, you play? Uh, play quarterback. So um, that I mean that's what I did throughout junior high, and then things didn't really work out. Went and played open gym a little bit. That's how I got um, the the opportunity to play JV as a freshman. And then, um, as I, I mean, I got I got pulled up for the state tournament 
on my freshman year when we won state and didn't play, but I was able to dress out and practice with the team, get a little bit of a feel, and um, wasn't really sure what was going to happen, but then Coach Ernst came to me and said, We're, we have hopes for you to be able to be a, a big-time contributor for us in your sophomore season. And it got off to a kind of a bumpy start, to be honest. I was still trying to get used to the, the speed of the game and the, and the size of the players. Um, I, I mean, I had size, but I mean, I was 16 years old and stuff like that, and it was still kind of a, a, a learning curve for me. But as the season went on, I, I went on to to really contribute and do do a lot of things that I knew I was capable of. But uh, I got my confidence, and and my teammates really helped me get my confidence as well, and had a successful career. We list you at six ten right now. Is that pretty close to right on? Yep. So as a quarterback, how how tall were you? I then? was so freshman year. I was like six seven. Um, That's still dang tall for a quarterback. It is, it is still pretty tall. Brock Osweiler. Like, you can see a lot better than the other guys can. So the receivers run into the, a go route. You just lob it up there to them. Was it hard to let go of football, or was it something you felt you had to do to, to get where you wanted to go? Uh, I feel like it was something that, um, I mean, I always had, a, had a, a thing for basketball, but when it came to the neighborhood sport that we were going to play, it was football, and we were going to play football, and we did. But it wasn't really hard to part with. Uh, I still have a love for the game, love going to the games at Lavelle Stadium with um, the guys that they have on this team here, and it's really exciting to be able to support them and, and be around them every day. But um, I don't think it was very hard. I'm, I'm glad I, I made the decision that I that I did, and I am where I am. Did you watch the Super Bowl, and did your team win? Um, I, wa well, I fell asleep in the first half. <laughs> uh, kind of had been a long day, but um, I did end up watching the rest of it. Uh, I was kind of pulling for the Falcons, the underdog team, uh, kind of reverse history and, and, and bump off the top dog, but I was just glad it was a, a great game as all other championship games have seemed to be in the past eight months or so. Coach Rose, uh, among the people who are ch chiming in on, on Facebook Live, a lot of folks are excited for what uh, Peyton's going to bring to your team and would love to see him get on the floor here even uh, for the rest of this season. In the meantime, a lot of people tend to notice that um, He's exuberant on the sidelines and really supportive of his teammates that are on the floor at the time. And that's something that uh, is clearly very natural to him. Well, I think he just told you why. I mean, he, he, he has a love for this place, and he's cheered for these uh, guys for for years as a youngster, and, and now he's involved in the middle of it. And, and I know that uh, you know he wants to be out there and helping the guys, but uh, he, his, you know, his, um, just his natural personality is that... If, if I'm not out there, I'm really going to try to help them the best I can. And, you know, I think that, that Peyton's kind of in an interesting uh, situation. And, and every guy who who commits and goes on a mission and then comes here, they, they face different challenges. And, and, and you know, Peyton uh, you know, committed to BYU and then right out of high school went on his mission. And, and on his mission, his body changed. And physically, he, he – uh, um, he did, it was different for him when he came back. He grew spiritually and grew mentally and emotionally and all those things, but physically it was a challenge. And, and our plan for him when we signed him was to kind of fit in this four spot as a perimeter guy that uh, has really good skills, that can face the basket. And and uh, and, and then physically that, that that's what he's working on now to try to get back to that spot. And, and in the meantime, we said, okay, let's try to maybe play him as a backup five and put his back to the basket. That's not his his, his natural, you know, uh, normal position. And so there's a lot of changes that are going on with him, and, and he's trying to learn new things and trying to – teams, uh, the coaches are trying to find a place to fit him in. 
but the one thing he is, he's he's uh, enthusiastic. He's a hard worker. He's in the gym a lot on his own. And, uh, you know, he, he, he really wants to do anything he can to help our team win. As we head to break, Peyton, how important do you think you're going to look back on this freshman year as being to your overall progress and a long career here at BYU? I, I think it's going to be a good measuring stick to know that, uh, like Coach Rose mentioned, everybody when they come home off the mission is a, is a different adjustment that they have to make, whether it's body type, weight loss, weight gain, um, con I mean, confidence, uh, and stuff like that, trying to get a feel for for not having played much basketball for two years. Um, but I really think that uh, I, I knew that it, coming in, I wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't going to be something that was just going to be handed to me, regardless of if I came home uh, different than I left. And so seeing that I am where I am now, uh, I'm just blessed and grateful to be able to be out here with these guys and always um, competing in practice, trying to help them prepare for the games that we have coming up in that week and, and getting the wins that are going to help us um, get Coach Rose where he wants to be, um, where we all want to be, and, and really focus on uh, you know, bringing the team together and, and making Cougar Nation happy. Right on. He's Peyton Dastrup coming up after the break. Peyton, you're taking on the 10-question pop quiz. You ready to roll? Let's do it. <laughs> okay, we'll take a break. We'll hit the quiz right after this. BYU basketball with Dave Rose on the new skin Cougar. IMG Sports. Welcome back to BYU basketball with Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar. IMG Sports Network here at Malawi's Pizza in the Shops at Riverwoods. BYU basketball with Dave Rose. Peyton Dastrup is our guest here tonight. Uh, all right, Peyton, uh, it's time for the 10-question pop quiz designed especially for you. Guys have done very well on this recently, but don't feel any pressure. Here we go. Uh, question number one. Name a BYU quarterback who played for your high school, Mountain View High School in Mason. Name two if you want. John Beck and Max Hall. John Beck and Max Hall, exactly. Only one would do, and he got them both. Way to go. Uh, question number two. What is the capital city of Panama? Panama City. Panama City. We ask you that question because? Served my mission in Panama. Did you ever serve in Panama City? Uh, close. Not exactly in the, in the capital, but in outskirts. Did you ever have to, have to do any business in Panama City? Yes, plenty of business. I had, a, I had a companion. I served on a couple islands kind of up on the northeast coast. And when we were out there, he was exiting a boat to get on at the dock, turned his ankle, broke his foot. And we had to go to the hospital for about two weeks. And so I just hung out with the, the APs and did the busy work with In the them. city? In the city. Is it a crazy city or was it? Uh... It is. It's really American. I mean, you, you'd think that being in Central America, it's not not as Americanized, but I mean, there's people with iPhones, people with, I mean, there's a subway system, there's, there's a skyscrapers, there's a lots, of, lots of Americanized things there, and it made it a little bit more like home. Okay, two for two. Uh, question three, name the four major professional sports franchises located in the state of Arizona. Arizona Cardinals. Is it the Arizona Coyotes? Yes, that's a hockey team. The Arizona Diamondbacks. Correct. And the Phoenix Mercury. Well, we, we wish you would have gone with Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but you know what? We give I, you, was raised we give a, I was raised a jazz fan. Extra credit right. for the, pulling fan. the WNBA team out. Uh, <laughs> Suns is a more conventional answer. Uh, yeah, I mean. Question four. <laughs> Among his many NFL records are career passing yards, career passing touchdowns, and touchdown passes in a single season. Which quarterback holds all those records? Out of Arizona? No. Among his many NFL records are career passing yards, career passing touchdowns, and touchdown passes in a single season. Who holds all these records? 
Is it Tom Brady? No. Peyton Manning. It'd be Peyton Manning. Peyton, you see? You see where we're going on this? Yep. Different, different spelling, but Peyton Manning. Fair there enough. you go. Uh, question five. Which of your teammates at BYU once made 10 three-pointers in a college game? Nick Emery. Nick Emery. Who'd he do it against? Do you know? San Francisco. At San Francisco. That's where we're going on Saturday. I wasn't Saturday. watching the game on my mission. I understand that. Uh, question six. A popular menu item at Sizzler. This chicken dish features a breaded chicken breast topped with a slice of ham and Swiss cheese. It is called what chicken? Blank chicken. Parmesan. Malibu <laughs> chicken. Malibu. Uh, we're going to Malibu this oh, week. Okay, okay. Malibu oh, okay. chicken. Here we go. I'm getting uh, hints every night. <laughs> question seven. How did you end up with your jersey numbers at Mountain View and then at BYU? At Mountain View, you were number? 52. Because? Uh, it was the biggest jersey. Biggest jersey, number 52. And at BYU, you're 15. Why? Uh, I wanted to be 21, but you know Kyle Davis kind of had that one, so I was like, hey, why not? 15. Just next? Just, I like Felt it. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, question eight. Best you can recall, how many universities offered you a scholarship? Um... Maybe a round number in this case. There's no wrong answer here because it's all you. I More than a couple. More, more than a couple. <laughs> over 60. Whoa. Over, Dave? S- over 60. That's true. crazy. That's true. You were in a battle. Yeah. It was, those, and those, and those, a lot of those, though, were uh, not really highly considered, but he, had, he, he was yeah. really seriously considered in 10 or 12. Wow. Yeah. Uh, question nine. Uh, the word is you can appreciate a good hamburger. Is that true? Absolutely. Uh, best place to get a burger? Ooh. Um, I recently tried this place called Chomburger. I love yeah. Chomburger. Chomburger's yeah. way good. That's yeah. big time. I like um, it. But, you know, go to five guys. Okay. When you go to Chom, get the sweet potato fries. Yes. They are go-to. All right. Uh, question 10. Last one. Uh, which is currently better, currently more on point, your piano playing skills or your dunking skills? Dunking skills. Are you still a pretty good piano player? I can... Tickle the ivories. <laughs> okay. what I <laughs> All right, folks, there he is. He did very well on our 10-question pop quiz. Peyton Daster back with Q&A for Dave Rose here on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Welcome back to Malawi's here in the shops at Riverwoods for BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network, KSL News Radio, BYU Basketball Facebook Live, brought to you in part by Smith's Market Fresh Groceries, fresh food for your family and fuel for your vehicle. Low prices, market fresh at Smith's. Cougars hit the road. First time this season it'll be a WCC back-to-back road swing at Pepperdine Thursday at USF on Saturday. We'll talk with Coach Dave Rose about those games after we get to some live audience questions here at Malawi's. Intern Phil, Phil Hyatt's got the wireless mic, and who's up with you first, Phil? Hey, thanks, Greg. First off, we have Scott here with his question. Hi, Coach Rose. We saw, we saw Eric Mika and Corbin Kafusi play well on the court together in the Gazaga game. Do you anticipate them being on the court more often? Together. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, necessity uh, put us in that situation. I think we were in some foul trouble. And, and plus their size is just, it's just such a unique challenge, you know, for for us. Um, I think that that lineup is probably something that uh, needs a little bit more work in practice. I mean, it was something that, you know, we, we've spent a little bit of time with it, but not a lot. Um, the, you know, the, the issue is, is that, it's unique to that game, and we got five games again that we got to play before we play the Zags again. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll be more prepared for them next time. But I think you you might see that quite a bit in in the Gonzaga game. Okay. Uh, next question before the break here, Phil. Yeah. Next up, we have Miriam. 
Hey, coach, what's the funniest or most memorable thing you've ever told a ref or had a ref tell you? <laughs> okay, I'll t I've told this story quite a few times, but uh, it was with uh, with Bronson Kafusi when Bronson was on our team a few years ago. And, uh, you know, we were down on – it was right in front of our bench, and uh, one of the real veteran official calls a foul, puts his hands up, and, and, and I, I thought that it was a pretty clean play and that there wasn't a lot of contact. Uh, and I looked at the official and I said, well, what in the world did you see? I mean, why did you call that? And he says, uh, I don't know, Dave, but it was just too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was. And, and whatever it was, <laughs> it was just too much. And I thought that was pretty funny because he, 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 he couldn't make anything up. But the, the fact is is that Bronze was really big, and the guy that – I think it was Kelly Olenix actually ran into him, and, and they both kind of knocked over, and Corb just kind of <laughs> stood there and looked at him and – he didn't know really what happened, but he said it was too much. So Bronson, maybe as a person, was just too much, yeah. I guess, on that night. Yeah. Uh, before we hit our, our commercial break, uh, a quick word or two about, uh, about Pep and about USF. It's interesting. Uh, USF's the team kind of on the upswing right now. They're a game back, you in the standings, but you always seem to play, the ball, play it really well and score well, and you've never lost there at the Hilltop since joining the league. Then you have Pep, and they're struggling right now this year, but tend to play you well when you go to their place uh, there. Um, the different challenges you have in these two different venues this week. Well, I, I think that uh, just off the top of my head as far as trying to make a quick comparison, uh, you know, Pepperdine is really athletic, and they've, their athleticism and their strength and size has always caused us problems. Um, they guard us really well, and it's a... Uh, uh, their depth of their teams have been issues where, you know, they, they don't seem to get in foul trouble because they just seem to bring more guys in. That's not the case this year. We're both, you know, kind of, um, he, you know, he, he doesn't shoot nearly as many three-three-pointers as he has in the past. Uh, the San Francisco team, exactly the opposite. They're yeah. really skilled and they really shoot it. And, uh, um, you know, they, 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 it's not uncommon for them to shoot 35-plus three-point shots in the, I mean, you know, somewhere between 30 and 35 shots in, in a game, three-pointers. And so, uh, you know, that, that will be the kind of the difference as far as the challenges are concerned. But uh, all the focus right now is on Pepperdine and trying to figure out ways that we can score um, against them and then keep those big three, Reyes and Major and, uh, and uh, Murray, uh, from having big nights because they're all capable of having really big nights. The games at USF, um, and I will get to that, on the weekend, but they tend to see games that really get up and down and the we, scores get we, high. And, and we've always had somebody go in that gym and just play out of sight. I mean, I can remember games, you know, Nick last year had a game in there that was tremendous. Matty Carlino a few years ago had almost uh, 25 or 26 points at halftime uh, in one of those games. I mean, and uh, I think that uh, when you look at it and how things are trending, that we're going to need, you know, a really big performance from a couple guys this year. Okay, as we head to this uh, commercial, uh, you mentioned the number of threes that USF might take. Did you hear what Savannah State did last night? No, I have not. 58 three-point attempts. No way. 11 for 58. Didn't they really? Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> 11 for 58. They took, they took 83 shots, and 58 were from the arc, and the percentage was pretty low. All right, uh, break time. We'll come back. More questions for the coach here on BYU Basketball. Dave Rose on the new skin cougar. So there's the Davin Gwynn shot. Uh, it was big, Dave, when it yeah. came. You're tied 58 all. I, I, no, no, you're down six, 61-55, yeah. uh, and he scores that three and actually starts your big run at that point. You know, Dav, Dav was, had, had a, such a big impact in that game, and, and uh, uh, most of it was on the defensive end of him, you know, getting in there and, uh, 
and getting his hand on balls and just being really active. And Portland was trying to hold that thing and get late in the shot clock. And I think, you know, Dad was able to, to get a lot of chances, you know, to, to knock that thing away. But, yeah, three that he hit, it reminded me. It's, it's funny how certain things happen in a game, but it reminded me of in the NCAA tournament against Gonzaga in Denver to try to get to the Sweet 16 in that game when we were really struggling scoring. And Logan Magnuson hit a three almost from the exact same spot up there at the top. And it just kind of – everybody just looks around because that's the least – Was it the Zag game or the Wofford game before? Oh, no, no, no it was the Wofford yeah. game. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was the Wofford game. And uh, he hit that, that three and yeah. just kind of lifted the – the, just the pressure off of all the guys, and then we kind of just whew, yep. took off. And that, that, that kind of reminded me that because we were down six, really struggling, hit the three, went down three, got a steal, came back, and, uh, and then won by 11. So uh, sometimes you just need somebody that's unexpected to give all the other guys a big lift, right. and Dav did in that game. Did indeed. All right, uh, it's BYU basketball with Dave Rose. And by the way, Hoffa's tuned in again down in Brazil. He says, please say hello to Brazil. So we're saying, boy, para Brazil. And good to have you with us again, Hoffa, tuning in on Facebook Live. All right. Hey, intern Phil's got the wireless mic. We've got a couple of questions from our audience members. Before we sign off, who do we have, Phil? Yeah, next up we have Marilee with a question. Coach, my nephew is serving with Zach Zellius on oh, his really? mission, and they play a lot of basketball on P-Days. Okay, so I just wondered if you encourage them to play basketball on their you know, you know, we send out with them a, a little workout uh, thing for them to, to try and do uh, you know, early in the morning, and it's, it's all just based on, on keeping your body in shape. Some guys, like Eric, didn't make it in touch ball in, in Rome for you know, his time, but the, every, every guy has a different situation, and um, the more they can get in the gym and play, that's and it will be in a gym in Iowa at this time of year. That's for sure. It won't be outside. But uh, um, I'm, I'm, we're excited. We're excited for Zach and what he's learning and what's going on. But we're really, really excited to get him back. A couple seasons here, season and a half. Right, and you Phil. know what? The, the, I do have a question about Hoffa. What time is it in, in Brazil? I think it's another hour east oh, of East Coast, so okay. it's probably uh, 11, 11 o'clock. There. The half is just getting started then. You know, <laughs> the it's 11 o'clock, yeah. yeah. Last question, Phil. We'll make it quick here. Yeah, uh, last one we have, Jeff. Hey, Coach, do you ever visit NBA programs or other college programs to gather ideas? You know, we've been to quite a few NBA um, training camps over the years. Um, uh, we went to Boston, back to Boston a few years ago, and uh, – um, I, I think that uh, it, 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 it's interesting to see how different that game really is from our game. I think that's the one thing that all college guys will tell you once they get in that that league is, is that uh, it's it, it's a it's a round ball and they're throwing it in a hoop, and that's about the only similar things. Everything else is really really different how they approach the game, and analytics is so big in the NBA, but. Uh, um, I, I enjoy watching individual workouts. That's probably what I've done most with NBA teams. I've gone in and watched our guys work out and then other guys work out. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a uh, – uh, everything that the NBA, NBA do, does, they do it right. They do it first class. And there are things that you, you take from that and try to bring it back to your program and actually try to put it together that way. Great questions. Thanks, folks. We'll come back to Say So Long on BYU Basketball. Dave Rose here on the new Steam Cooter IMG Sports Network. All right, so welcome back here to Malawi's Pizza in the shops at Riverwoods for final segment of BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. It's BYU at Pepperdine Thursday, USF on Saturday, and Coach, in about 20 seconds or so, how could this be a defining week for you guys? Well, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I want our guys to actually really come together and, and play well on the road, which is something that uh, – 
has you know kind of been inconsistent for us. Uh, I think our guys are really confident, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to execute in a way that uh, you know gets us a couple wins. We look forward to bringing the week to you on the radio in two big games. We're at Pepperdine Thursday. Uh, it'll be an eight o'clock pregame, a nine o'clock tip, a Mountain Time, and then the same thing on a Saturday for BYU at San Francisco. Folks, thanks for being here at Malawi's for BYU basketball. Dave Rose on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Good night. Thank you.